Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling right now? Um, you know, I think going into the match there was a little bit of concern given, you know, just what what would we do in terms of rotation and all these different things. And obviously there's I don't think we could have asked for a better result to head into, you know, a big weekend against Carson. So, you know, it's a, things are looking up yeah. from here. I don't think you could ask for a better result regardless of what's happening this weekend, to be honest. I mean, in a vacuum, it's fantastic. You know, getting into a form like this and coming off a big win to go to go and play Carson this weekend is fantastic. Um, scoring goals like we did today is fantastic. I am so pumped right now. Uh, I woke up my children at, with the Carlos Vela goal tonight uh, because I screamed so loudly. My, my dog ran outside because she was terrified of what was happening. Um, that goal, my goodness, is that goal of the year? I mean, I would have to think so. Cause at, at a certain point you just have to kind of shake your head and, you know, at this point, I mean, he's really just at that point, just trying to, you know, just show up, you know, just show people up and show up the league at that point. Right. So, you know, like it was just, it's just filth to the ultimate, you know, to the ultimate degree. Oh, you know, when he dummied the ball and I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a clever dummy. And then he started beating defenders. And honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, pause the podcast, go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever and find this video because I don't want to break it down. Like you need to see this goal in real time with, you know, an unadulterated uh, view of it. Um, so do that now. Welcome back. Uh, it is amazing. I he like the moves that he puts on the defenders completely made me forget about the dummy that he does at the beginning. Um, and when I watched yeah, it back the, on the little shoulder, I would say the little shoulder dip fake that just sent the, the last defender flying was just ridiculous. Oh, oh my. So yeah, I went back on replay and then realized, Oh, he dummied the ball initially and then, you know, peels off this run and beats three, four defenders. And I, I do agree. I think he is trying. I think he is showing people up deliberately on this goal where he could, once he reaches the keeper, he's got an open net and he can shoot it. But instead he touches it around the keeper. Then Nick Lima's headed into goal. So he waits for him to go down to ground and then just flicks it over Nick Lima. Um, and by extension. Oh, and he looks at it. Oh him. yeah. Just, Oh my goodness. And the way he beats Nick Lima like it's, it's, it's as the, well. I, I I love that by extension he he drives a dagger into the heart of Greg Burhalter. Yeah, I mean it, Yeah, I mean I mean I'm sure again it adds to the number of the list of things that we're going to have yes. to rail on on Greg Burhalter's depth chart. But I mean it's it's literally the equivalent of the Allen Iverson type of crossover let you fall down, hit the 3 and then step over step over you as you rock walk back down the court (laughs) yes like that's essentially what he you know what carlos vela did to nick lima on that play right it's put him to the ground look at him and then finish like that it's just utterly ridiculous what he's been able to do this season right now sitting on uh 40 combined goals and assists uh i think it's 41 now because he had 39 last game and now he's got two goals to add so yeah. So, and, you know, and so it's just at yeah, 41, right? It's, you know, again, it's with nine goals, with nine games left to go in the season. 
right? So I can imagine that he's probably not going to stop anytime soon, um, you know, based on based on his current form. Obviously, we you hope that, you know, he stays hot heading into, you know, he doesn't suffer any dips in form heading into the playoffs, which, you know, again, nine nine games is still a lot, a lot of time to go and a lot of season left to play. But again, at, at this rate, I think we've all been, you know, for those who have followed the course of Carlos Velas's career, Carlos Vela's career, as he went from Arsenal, you know, to Sociedad and, and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone was waiting for the dip, right? And for whatever reason, he's just found found that piece that allows him to play at a level that he's never played, you know, and play at this level, which you've seen in flashes, but yet ma- maintain it at a pace that, you know, it's right, just right. unreal. Uh, one thing there, it's eight games now, not that it's that big of a deal, but uh, just want to make sure the listeners are aware. Eight goals left or eight games left, plenty of time. Uh, I think you had mentioned that's 25 goals, right? 26. 26 goals. I think. My goodness. Yeah, no, you're right. It's yeah, 26. I believe it's 26 now because he was at 24 after the last one. So he's he's five away from uh, yeah. so the, season, the season record from Joseph Martinez last year, which is 31. Um, as you said, he's already got the combined goals and assist record, and he just keeps adding to it. Uh, looking more and more like 30 goals and 20 assists, which is just an absurd thing to consider. Is in is within his reach. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think we thought when you saw Giovinco do it a few years back, you know, you had to, and and the way that Toronto played, you know, you said, okay, I what what's the next what's that next step for MLS, you know, and then you saw what Red Bull and, and Atlanta did last year, and said, okay, is there another, you know, they've now raised the bar. Well, you know, Bob and LAFC so th- thus far this season, obviously, we want to continue to see you know, them finish with an MLS cup and, you know, and unfortunately like they, you know, they lost their opportunity to, you know, to win the treble. But at the same time, you know, when you look at how things are going so far and, and, and what they've set out to accomplish and just the way that they're playing, like I said, we're going to get into a little bit more in a few minutes here um, just on how, how from, you know, when you, when you take a, just a quick look, a quick picture at how they broke down San Jose, you know, who has been a good team at this year, you know, climbing at the, at the second at one point in the season, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just ridiculous that they're able to dismantle a team like that, right? Yeah, and I I tweeted out during the game, um, and I, I do think it holds true here. I don't think San Jose played an, a bad game. I don't think they looked sloppy. I don't think that they um, were... I, I don't think they were playing, a, a, you know, like a low quality football for MLS. I think this is just LAFC showing their dominance and their quality. Um, what you're used to seeing in MLS is not this. And this is what happens. And we've talked about it a little bit before as well, where with a man marking system, you, you really have to win your one-on-one duels. Obviously that's the whole point, right? Um, but when you have, a squad like LAFC put out tonight, you're going to have a hard time doing that uh, with any team in, in in MLS, especially one that isn't necessarily breaking the bank yet, uh, like San Jose is. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think you like you were saying. I don't think it's anything wrong with the with 
you know, their approach or the system. But again, I think when you look at the rosters and just compare the mano a mano, you know, they're they're really at a disadvantage. And then in a game when you when you employ a game plan that really just requires those one on one duels to be won, right? Again, it's not gonna end well given the you know, given, you know, what seems like a potential, you know, disparity in in, in, mm-hmm. in ability and talent. Right. Like when you're comparing Diego Rossi to, you know, Nick Lima on that one side or, you know, or or even, you know, or Carlos Vela to any of their back line or for that matter, you know, Josh Perez right. even looks good in this game. Right. You know, like I said, he's a guy that usually, you know, that you know works super hard every single time. And, you know, maybe he's the perfect guy for a game like this. Right. Where you just need his you just need his engine just to just make them uncomfortable with the way that they play. You know, but at the same time, you know, again, it, when like I said it comes at the end of the day, when it comes to beating a man marking team, again, you have to have, you know, the ability to win those one on one duels, but at the same time, also just the awareness and the intelligence to to know how to break them down. And rather than what you typically see, you know, and you saw from, you know, Carson when they played San Jose and a couple, and I think you know Portland did the same thing. Did Portland play them already? Anyways, there's a couple of the pretty good teams that came into San Jose and lost, right? Is because, you know, they're just kicking long balls from the back, right? Trying to get over the top of it, and San Jose turned them over and over and over again. But in this game, LFC, LFC were more than happy to give them the ball. I believe they were, it was like 40, 43, 57 in right terms now. of possession numbers for this game, you know? And so... Yeah, so I I know they gave up the majority of possession comparatively to what you what we've seen right where 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 we've typically dominated. So we possession. had forty seven, they had fifty three. Fifty three, yeah. So I mean, again, still, you know, you're giving, you're going to give up, you know, give up the majority of possession, right? But still, at the same time, you know, have a have another way to beat to beat beat the team, right? So this was more of that, you know, of that that absorb absorb that pressure and then counter, you know, on the break at, at breakneck speed, um, you know, against a team that wants to play, you know, that, that high, high press man marking type of approach, you know, it, it, it's a little bit reminiscent of sometimes you'll see Liverpool when in like Liverpool versus Manchester city, right. City is a team that tends to dominate. They press, they press, not necessarily man mark, you know, in that man stuff, man marking style, but at the same time, fairly high, you know, and and when Liverpool have been successful against Manchester City, it's just mm-hmm. absorbing that pressure and then getting out on the break, right? And it's one of those situations where you you're more than happy to give up give up that possession because you know your quality is going to beat them, you know, over the course of time, you know, because you have specific matchups right. that just don't pull. Yeah, I, I do team. feel like Bob pulled all the right strings today, where you have. uh Josh Perez and Diego Rossi on wings who are both very, very fast um, and good on the ball, uh, especially on the break. So you match them up against any MLS fullback where they're one-on-one, they're going to win most of the time. And they, and they certainly did tonight. I find it interesting that Carlos Vela is in the middle um, because when you first think about it, the way that they run their man mark system, where you have that, you have one center back that man marks and one that kind of just holds his position uh, in the middle of the field, right? So you're thinking, well, you're putting an automatic double on Carlos. But if he's drawing that kind of attention, then that really does isolate the wingers uh, on the fullbacks and the midfielders have to cover their 
their marks as well. So by putting Carlos Vela there, who is certainly good enough to beat not just the two defenders that are there, but also, as we saw, four or five other defenders as well, um, it just frees up the, the rest of the team. And I think you, you kind of mentioned something before we started about how Latif and uh, Tuesta were kind of playing more of a shuttling, you know, like a half turn and then shuttle the ball roll. Um, and I think, I think that really did work well. I think Bob got his tactics exactly right. I'm excited to go back and watch this one. Um, because as opposed to, yeah, I believe it was, go ahead. Yeah. It was on, on Matchday central, which is the MLS post game show. Bobby Warshaw kind of went to the board and pointed out that, you know, typically we line up in our with us line up in that four, three, three, when, when the, when their press begins, you know, and it's usually with a certain pass, right. They leave, they have one free defender in the back. We have one free defender on our side of the field, right? And so usually that was Tristan Blackman who, you know, again, given given some of the struggles we saw him have against Red Bull, you know, it, it would make sense that he would be the guy that you're going to make pass out of it as comparatively to, you know, a Eddie Segura or someone, you know, who is has been more comfortable on the ball this year, right? Mm-hmm. And so the interesting thing is when you saw that, when that press starts, you have you have their defenders moving up to pick up their man mark. Well, LAFC was also moving in that same direction and then playing on that half turn, almost like you would normally see from a center forward, like a Dio who you play the ball at his feet, he flips and turns and, and you know and then get and starts moving mm-hmm. forward. Well, they were doing that from the midfield, which now puts everyone on you know on their back foot trying to recover, and then now everyone moves forward for LAFC. Right. And again, now that that creates your transition moments, that creates your one on ones, and again, that's where Vela necessarily can't necessarily be doubled because if either you know Rossi or Perez beats their guy on that initial move, getting out on the run, well, now someone has to help, right? So, and if if you see these two speedy little guys moving from the out, you know, cutting inside from the out, you know, from out on the wing, well, as a center back, you know, you you kind of have to step to the first guy that comes yeah. to you, right? That's how their man marking system, they, you know, it's like switching a, switching a, a screen on, on, you know, in basketball. And so what ends up happening though, is that in their attempt to get that over, now Vela just has miles and miles of space to operate in. And again, you see that, you know, in, in that goal where he's just going by one person after another with, you know, not that normal compact defense that he's usually faced on the wing. You know, and see that I think that's been the upside of having Bela play, you know, at that center forward position is get he gets to end up running at the defense that, you know, with 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 pace, but that at the same time having two wingers that, you know, if you leave them one on one, they're gonna make you pay. Right. So you, at that point you're picking your poison and say, Okay, we have to stop someone. And fortunately for LAFC, Vela's, you know, also been a, just as willing of a passer as yeah. he has been a scorer this season. So yeah, it bodes well yeah, going I, forward. I want to back up to one thing you said there too, where you have Atuesta and, and Latif in the middle, and all they have to do is get by one guy. And I think that's kind of the crux of what Bob bet on is you have Atuesta and you have Blessing in the middle who definitely can beat their man nine times out of ten. Um, especially when you're talking about, you know, the likes of Yule and Godoy. Um, and I know that Jackson Ewell is like the the pride of the MLS uh, Illuminati right now, where he's supposed to be the next great hope for 
the U.S. midfield, um, but either he's not be able to hang with L, with the LAFC midfield, and that was clearly demonstrated tonight. Um, and like you said, once you get past that first man, everything breaks down because now people are scrambling to cover for each other, and you have somebody running free. Uh, and I think it, it's important to note that this isn't a team once again that has been playing terribly. They've they've had a couple of tough losses in the past couple of weeks, but we're talking about one of the hotter teams in MLS um, who was just completely dismantled by superior play and superior tactics, in my opinion. We do have a yeah, couple I, people that go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, and just to reiterate that, you know, that it's one of those things where. You know, if 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 you were to go back and and say that this would have been the result, you know, after they after San Jose had just whomped on on Carson and you know a couple other teams a few weeks ago, right? You know, then then I don't think you would hear some of the same excuses that you're starting to hear now for the rest of the league as to right. why LAFC is sitting, you know, what 19 points ahead of Minnesota United, right? And so again, it's it's one of those things where. You know, obviously San Jose has what I think there's their third straight loss, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, they the way that they play, you know, the way that they, they operate, you know, again, it's it's going to have its ups and downs and there's a team that still probably lacks the proper investment to play at the best of their you know, to, to make the most of, you know, Almeida's coaching style. Yet at the same time, like I said, they 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 had beat, beat some pretty solid teams leading leading into this match, and so, you know, at that time, like I said, I don't want to hear you know some of the excuses they're making for the rest of MLS who just seemingly can't keep up. Right at this point, right. Um, we did get a few comments. Uh, I tweeted out kind of late from our Twitter handle tonight about questions and comments, so I think that's on me that we didn't get very uh, as many as we normally would. Uh, Tyco B and G at Tyco Blue says it looked like LAFC invited pressure today. Maybe to save tired legs and hit hard on the counter. Miller continues to confound me. I thought he turned the corner salt lake. Saying that, clean sheet, so what do I know? Cheers, onward. Um we kind of already talked about how they were inviting pressure, kind of sucking in that that, you know, high pressing man mark system and then just playing out of it as if it wasn't even there. And then they were able to hit on the counter because of, you know, good passing from Edward Atuesta and the pace and ability on the ball, Latif Blessing. Um, I do feel like Miller struggled, especially early in this match, uh, with his positioning. I don't know if he was too amped or or what, but again, clean sheet, so what do you say? Um, what do you think about Miller tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously a part of it is, again, this is like the, it feels like a broken record saying how often this backline has had to rotate for one reason or another. Yeah, that's fair. Right? And so we already know we already know that the when Miller seems the most comfortable is when he has Segura and Zimmerman in front of him. You know, for what you know, just you know, and then with Beta Shore and Harvey on the wing, maybe it's just how his ability to talk to those guys or communicate or whatever it may be, or just comfort level, right? You know who you know how a guy plays and those types of things, you know, um, or you know where he's going to be when he's going to be, right? Sometimes Tristan Blackman takes a you know with his with his fullback mentality will sometimes take liberties in his positioning and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I think that that it's a bit unsettling for Miller at times because I feel like I've seen I've saw it the same 
you know, some of the same indecision um, when when he was playing with that same back line at Houston um, in terms of, again, just not knowing when 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 and where people are going to be. And so I think it'll go a long way, you know, Dan, to just have us, you know, hopefully just ha- have things finally settle down, get back into things, you know, again, was we, I think I don't think we've actually had too many opportunities to play with that that front line that had started the season off, you know, with Beta, um, Zimmerman, Segura, and Harvey um, all together. And so again, maybe in the long run, you know, again, to be, to be, you know, an elite keeper, again, it shouldn't matter, right? Like you should be able to play with whoever you want and just come be commanding in that box, you know, but at the same time, like I said, I think Miller, you know, is just trying to, you know, make things, you know, just trying to kind of find that comfort level with, you know, with a different set of defenders again. And, you know, he still made some pretty nice saves. Again, he is known as a shot stopper more than anything. And his distribution was okay, um, you know, given given the way that San Jose plays. So, again, I didn't have any problem with the way mm-hmm. his the way his game yeah. went for the most part. I think it is tough having to rotate the back line so often. And, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him, too, because, you know, tonight's a night where Cisniega comes back. It was a big game on Sunday. Um, so... I think he'll be fine, but uh, it is. I, sometimes it makes me wonder if this new competition is actually healthy or not. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Uh, the LAFC Coachella uh, Valley supporters group, supporters, just supporters, also said they, they broke it down in a numbered format. One, oh my God. Two, Josh Perez had a great game. Three, Lee wins distribution and defensive improvements make me interested in maybe in maybe starting in versus Galaxy. And four, Tyler Miller lucky to have a clean sheet. So we already addressed that one. Uh, one, oh my God, is absolutely right. <laughs> I think we already hit on Carlos Vela's goal. Um, but uh, I couldn't, I can't echo those, those uh, sentiments enough there. Josh Perez having a great game. Finally gets his goal. Uh, the first goal that we get, Diego Rossi scores it off of a uh, a block shot that came from Josh Perez. Uh, did great to get the ball onto his left foot from the right wing, very Carlos Vela esque, and uh, whips in a good shot. But Vega's there to uh, deflect the the shot away, and Rossi just slots him a first time finish, which is great. Um, he also looked good, you know, in the rest of the attack and. I honestly can't say enough how uh, how happy I am that he got that goal. You could see it on his face, um, how relieved he was. You could see the rest of the team, even Bob. The camera cut to Bob, and he was relieved and, and pumped up for him. Um, hopefully this is the first of many to come, and I think now that Perez has the monkey off his back, maybe it'll come a little bit easier. I don't know if you've noticed it, Josh, but it seems like every time he had a, a miss or a near opportunity that didn't hit the back of the net, it just seemed like it was the most soul crushing experience for him ever. Um, have you, have you noticed that? Have you, uh, given that any thought? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could see, yeah, you could see the look on his face in, I think it was, um, in the post game, you know, again on match central, they were interviewing in the, in interviewing in the post game. And the, 
you could just sense mm-hmm. the you could just feel the sense of relief that he has after finally getting that goal. Um, you know, after after all these opportunities he's had to finally just see one go into the back of the net, you know, I think really encapsulates you know the the struggle it's been for him since you know may you know since the season started. And I have to you know I have to reiterate how excited and how proud I am for him to keep going given giving given all the mishaps he's had for him to continue to put on the work on the defensive end continue to put the pressure on to just keep running as hard as he usually does when he comes to the game right again we you know you hear it from we've heard it from all over the place from you know, throughout LAFC land and in the pod family regarding you know some of his struggles but at the same time the one thing you can never discount is is that effort level is his is is his dedication, to, you know, to mm-hmm. put in put in a good shift whenever he's given the opportunity, and so, like I said, to finally see that come to come to a point and have him right. finally get his yeah. goal, and that was really nice to see. One of those moments where you just see it on his face, where he's just absolutely crushed, came in this match. I don't remember what minute it is. So I'll, I'll get into it when I rewatch the game, but he uh, there's a cross from I believe it's Vela plays in a cross behind everybody. And he just garbles the, oh, first, it was a beautiful the first touch pass. right out of bounds. Uh, and you see him, he runs he runs right up to the goal line. And I think they're at that point they were attacking towards the 32-52. And just hands over his face, double face palm, uh, and just completely defeated. So to see him come back a few minutes later and, and get that goal was great. And again, like I said, mo- hopefully it's the, the first of many. Um they also mentioned Lee Wynn. I feel like he had a strong game. And um, he just adds such a different dynamic in the attack uh, when, when, he's on the, when he's on the pitch. And we've talked about it plenty of times already, but you have to pick, you know, are you going to be out there full on counter press or do you want somebody on the ball that's going to help set up and create goals a little more? Um, and I'll be interested to go in and see if that, led directly to Carlos Vela being able to score a couple more times or, you know, get a couple more looks at the, at, at goal this time or um, how, how it worked out defensively also. I don't know if you noticed anything right off the top of your head. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, we, I think we had talked about previously about the, you know, about the whole, their hold up play from the midfield, right? So whether it was Lee or, or Latif, right. When they get that, that ball and then make that quick turn, right. The, them now that ability for the for those either one of those two and you know Lee just is so composed on the ball now just has you know his you know, as he drives forward after making that turn he's naturally just going to create you know and pull defenders towards him and because now mm-hmm. he's open in free space and that alone just now gives Vela that half that extra half step to be able to operate when Lee plays him through and so I think it was. I want to say it was a, a pass from Lee that led to the, the potential when, you know, the, when Vega grabs his foot. I, on think, the I think it was yeah. PK shout. total penalty, by the way, right? and total so, penalty for sure. And so it's one of those things where, you know, I will say the thing about Lee is that, you know, he has that, that quality about him where it never seems like he's in a hurry. Right. 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 So you'll see guys that will make that first move and like, they're almost surprised that they're in open space. And then the next, and then the next touch is, or the next pass is just rushed, right? They feel like, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're almost just moving too quickly for their own good, given the situation, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, 
you know, Lee, because again, he's, he's done it, you know, you know, again, he's done it in this league, you know, he's done it in Europe, you know, when he was, I think he was, I forget if it was for PSV, I believe, um, you know, he's done it, you know, all over the world. And, and again, is in, in MLS has, you know, I think he was, you know, in one of his interviews, they were after, you know, they asked him about the Vela goal. He's like, yeah, he must've been watching my tape when I was with, when I was with New England, you know, cause Lee had, has had a similar play where he picks it up at midfield, drives through a bunch mm-hmm. of people and then puts it in the back of the net. And so, you know, he's a guy that knows just how to put, you know, how to just has that, that sixth sense about him in terms of just how, when pressure's coming, when to get rid of the ball, you know, it's, you know, if you, if you were to add Latif's, you know, defensive ability to him, you know, we would have a unstoppable midfielder on our hands. Right. And so, or if you were to give Latif that ability, you know, that, that field awareness as to when and where to make that next pass. Right. Then Latif is probably being sold for a lot of money off into, right, you know, right. the Premier League, you know, if, if you add that next element to his game. And so, you know, again, it, it helps to have a guy like that, that has been so professional that has, you know, that understands his role, at this point of his career, you know, to be able to come in mm-hmm. and, and make an impact in the way he did. Uh, a few other things that uh, probably a good thing to get out on this instant reaction, the emotional take. Um, the emotions of seeing Mohamed El-Munir come back out looking like Zorro, out to just exact some justice on people. Uh, and it was good to see him, you know, coming in, cutting the ball uh, behind him, you know, cutting in centrally, combining with the attackers. Uh, in the attacking third, uh, so I was I was very happy to see him back, and I think uh, it gave Jordan Harvey a good opportunity to get 30 minutes of rest. I think it's crazy that you can be up three nothing in the 60th minute, and you bring on an even more attacking minded uh, left back and Adama Diomande. <laughs> so it's just I, I don't know what you're supposed to do against this team other than defend for your life and pray that things fall your way. Uh, I was I was watching on Unimas, uh, listening to the Spanish broadcast, and they kept referring to Dama Diomande as a tank, uh, which is a lot of times what he looks like on the ball. He'll pick up the ball, and especially in a, in a moment like this where all the defenders are tired of chasing, you know, their guy around the field the entire the entire night, and Diomande just comes in and is just muscling dudes off of the ball and finding his way to goal. Unfortunately, that one got called back, but. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, but I think the one thing that you have to notice about Dio's game is that he just looks way more composed than he did, you know, like even, what, four or five weeks yeah, ago, yeah. right? In terms of his ability to drift out to the side, his ability to, you know, do, you know, because I think, you know, again, at the beginning of the season or even last year, right, he's your traditional number nine, right? The way that he plays, he was a, he was a, a you know, back to goal kind of guy, hold it up make the turn and then either charge towards the, the, the ball. I mean, tw- charge toward the net and then, you know, get a shot on goal or he's usually relying on service, you know, from, from either the wings or the fullbacks, you know, on, on crosses and set pieces and so on and so forth. Well, I think what you've seen from Dio lately, right. Is he drifts out into that wide space on the left, you know, kind of interchanges with the Rosier Vela and then has been making that, that, you know, an actual, you know, pretty nice pass back, you know, they'll play one twos with each other, you know, with that guy cutting in. And so again, especially when you're playing against a team like San Jose, that is man marking and doing some of these things and they're chasing you around, 
right? Having having that guy, you know, whether it's like you're saying, El Manier, who is super comfortable on the ball, or Dio, who's going to be able to just shrug defenders off him, now just causes so much havoc in the back, you know, in in the back again, which almost, you know, I'm pretty sure led leads to the, um, you know, the goal by that by Perez, right? You just see people just get confused as to where they're supposed to be because Dio just yeah. takes up so much space when he does make those plays in the box. And, you know, and so it's, again, it's nice to see because again, I think they're going to need, you know, I think with, with Rodriguez, you know, soon to come into the fold, you know, and, you know, again, we don't Dio, you know, obviously mm-hmm. wants to make sure he keeps his job. So I'm sure that's probably why you're starting to see him trying to add a little bit more to his game and, you know, become a more well-known player. So that way, right. I mean, he, indispensable. he dropped deep a couple of times, not only to pick up the ball, but also defend and looked highly motivated to do so. I mean, he was, you know, chasing down balls and, and running out to the wing to, to cover open attackers when San Jose was in uh, possession and then picking up the ball and, you know, making 50, 60, 70 yard runs with the ball, trying to, you know, spring the counter himself. Um, which I don't feel like is something we've really seen from him. Uh, and it, maybe that's just a factor of him coming on and at you know the 60, 61st minute or so and knowing I only got to go out there and run for 30 minutes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all I have. Um, but it was great to see. Again, unfortunate that uh, the goal was called back. You could see him and Carlos talking about it a little bit afterwards, like, hey, man, I'm sorry I didn't pass the ball to you, but I got to get mine type of thing. Um, again, all a moot point because the goal was called back. Uh, Josh, anything else you want to get into in this uh, instant reaction before we call it a night and go rewatch it again? No, because I think the biggest things were, you know, again, just the way that the way they picked apart mm-hmm. San Jose, you know, said keep an eye out for, you know, as people, you know, go back and look at some of the things that happened, you know, look at the, you know, some of the little tactics and we'll go even more in depth about it, um, you know, in, in a little bit here. Um, and then, you know, finally, yeah, you know, I think just the, the complete i think that again we have to build on what we've talked about from you know from two or monday it was um when we were talking about how lafc has just started to find different ways to win games and again this is just another example that a team comes in with another style of play and rather than you know play that possession heavy style or the super counter press style right they sit back and play you know that the regular you know the mid block and then you know, and then mm-hmm. from there, they're they're off to the races, right? You know, and it was just again, just good to see yet another another style in which they're able to play. Because again, when you get into the playoffs, when you start seeing people, you know, go into specific ways to just stifle, you know, your your attack. You know, again, you're going to have to find ways to ways to score goals, and I think they're definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. All right, well. To recap real quick, LAFC sitting on 61 points, nearly unreachable uh, in the Supporter Shield race. I would say the West is all wrapped up. Uh, I, I don't I don't think there's anybody catching us. Um, in fact, I don't think it's mathematically possible. Maybe it is. Uh, Minnesota's got, they're 19 points behind, and we have eight games left. So I guess there's still some mathematical chance that they could catch us, but highly unlikely. Carlos Vela now on 41 goals and assists, sitting on 26 goals, five off of uh, their league record. So we will see what happens in the in the coming weeks, but I assume we're going to see more records 
broken by both Carlos Vela and the team. All right, you can follow us at counterpress underscore on Twitter. You can email the show at thecounterpressshow at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions or comments for our in-depth analysis or if there's anything you want to you want us to look at specifically. Josh, where can we find you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right, and I am at Kirk Kinsey. Give us a follow there. You can find us in all the major podcast outlets. Um, and be sure to like and subscribe and review us. And with that, we will talk to you all in a few days with our in-depth analysis. Good night.